LF podcast, where we're focused on fashion, fitness, and of course food. This podcast is all about bringing these three parts of your life together to help you get the most out of your passions. We're here to help you look your best, feel great, and also indulge in some maybe not so hidden temptations. <laughs> we are by no means experts in any of these fields, but we do hope to bring people to the show who know what they're talking about and can help you with some of these aspects of your life. You only live once, so why not live a life worth living? Welcome to Monday Munchies episode 45. On these episodes, you'll be sitting shotgun on my adventures of exploring restaurants in the past few weeks. Albeit, I'm not a certified food critic, but I do enjoy eating, and some would say that I do have a quote-unquote certain set of skills. <laughs> no clue who those would be, but who knows. Anyways, nor am I a quote-unquote Yelper like the majority of residents of South Park, Colorado. I do enjoy trying new restaurants and food, so sit back, relax, and enjoy this conversation about the restaurants I had a chance to explore during this COVID lockdown. Our first stop is Chicago Pizza and Oven Grinder. This is one of the most famous pizza spots in all of Chicago. I've been trying to get in here for four years. So let's sit back and relax and hear what it's all about. If the building could talk, the narrow three-story brick structure at 2121 North Clark could tell quite a tale. Genteel youth, evil middle-aged fury holocaust, and rebirth. No one seems to know just when the old house was built, but there were distinct traces of Victorian gentility in its brownstone front, its second-story entrance reached by a flight of stone steps, and its high-ceiling narrow window formality. If Billy could ever possess gentility, though, it was abruptly forsaken on February 14, 1929, as a guttural yammering of submachine guns in a garage almost directly across the street brought the notorious St. Valentine's Day Massacre to headlines around the world. Rumor has it that even the house at 2121 North Clark served as a lookout post for hoodlum henchmen of the Valentine Gunners. The succeeding years were unkind to the old house as it passed through a series of ever less savory occupancies. Then, in November of 71, came ultimate dignity, fire. When the ashes cooled, all that remained was a guttered shell of perhaps early glory. Today, the phoenix of a myth, ooh, phoenix is my favorite, at 2121 North Clark Street has been reborn. Purchased in April of 72 by Chicago attorney Albert H. Bieber, the old house has undergone a year-long process of receiving a facelift. And what a facelift indeed. When all the bills are in, Bieber will have poured something like 150000 into the building, pine paneling as much as the original as possible has replaced timbers deeply charred by last winter's fire. Under the active craftsmanship of general contractors who specialize in restoration and remodeling of the sort, Beaver's Law Office now occupies a space where, according to the Amber legend, Al Capone's underworld demons once peered across Clark Street towards a bloody garage. The underground floor has been built, Beaver calls Chicago's most exciting restaurant concept in many years, the Chicago Pizza and Oven Grinder. And that's not a story to get you started. I don't know what is. Anyways, as I mentioned, this place is dark, uh, atmosphere, all wood paneling, impossible to get into. You always see a huge line outside. The wait's always an hour and a half. They don't even have a real system for checking people in. It's just some host who has like a memorization and can guess everything. So we ended up waiting, right? We finally decided to wait for it. And it is the world's largest menu. Not like an actual choices, but actual like size. It's like 24 by 36 thing you're holding. And only have like 17 different things on the actual menu. 
Anyways, I had the one pounder pizza pot pie. It's a half pounder or one pounder. And when I ordered the one pounder, the waitress gave me a weird look, but I was okay with it. And the salad we got was the size of like a salad bowl you serve at dinner for Thanksgiving. <laughs> this place is awesome though. It's so much good food. You can tell it's super authentic, very original, absolutely incredible. Uh, if you want to go there, definitely expect to wait and definitely expect to be full and bloated afterwards. But I would definitely check out the Chicago Pizza Grinder Company. Up next is Port and Park. Port and Park strives to create an atmosphere of the everyday event. They try to be home-based for their community because they foster a space and offering that are perfect for all occasions. The everyday engagement we strive for is fostered through our, their tailored service that starts with community and product knowledge and manifests an engagement that is focused on the guests with direct intention to be a great choice every time. Serving amazing products at great prices while embodying the quote-unquote Midwest Hospitality Plus, pork in part aims to always be a choice that their guests are make happy. They specialize in new American cuisine. The new American cuisine is food that transcends category yet provides the same comfort foods you know and love. Their chef uses flavor profiles and culinary techniques from around the globe to influence the foods they source from local suppliers found in their own neighborhood, city, and region. They believe that applying styles from Italy to Asia, France to Finland, Africa to Argentina, helps complement and enhance American cuisine, and in so doing, offer a truly unique experience in their great little corner of the neighborhood. Their menu is built to be shared or if you order the way you prefer. They do not believe in putting restrictions on how one should enjoy their food. This place is pretty interesting, actually. They have like two sides to the restaurant, both significantly different. Uh, we were definitely on like the relaxed, chill side, not the kind of uh, more stuffy side, but we went with the uh, mimosa kit. Where they brought out a little like box, kind of like a, you know, that has like different things in it, like a concoctions in chemistry class. They had like four different juices, like two different alcohols for the mimosa, some different garnishes, etc. It was actually really fun. And since it was brunch, I went with the classic Chicago skillet to mix it up a little bit. Went with a smoked ham, bacon, sausage, so already great. Tomatoes, spinach, potatoes, jalapenos, and cheese with two eggs over easy. So it was uh, definitely a hearty brunch for sure. Wouldn't recommend it as a brunch place overall, but if you're in the neighborhood, definitely feel free to check out the old pork and part. Up next is Riva. Enjoy the breathtaking views of the Chicago skyline and Lake Michigan at Riva Restaurant on Navy Pier. Menu items include premium seafood, prime steaks, and daily specials, as well as extensive wine selections. Chicago's only seafood restaurant on the waterfront. This is pretty cool, as mentioned, it's on uh, Navy Pier on the waterfront, outdoor patio. Uh, it was kind of like I was during COVID, so it was a little awkward. It was also freezing for uh, for a summer night. It was so cold that when we sat down, we saw people with uh, tablecloths around their shoulders, like jackets or blankets. I was laughing my head off until three months later, I wanted one as well. <laughs> it was easily the weirdest meal I've ever had in my entire life. So I made a quick one. Definitely just went with something super simple. Didn't want to stick around for anything fancy-mancy. But went with three shrimp tacos, which was... Uh, flour tortillas, pico, and avocado mousse, and then summer shandy. Simple, easy, elegant. Probably should have eaten something more extravagant at Riva, but uh, 
it was seafood on the river in Chicago, so couldn't pass that up. After I learned my lesson about hoity-toity, we decided to stop over at the Kennedy Rooftop. This is in the city of Chicago, resides a trendy and unique neighborhood called Wicker Park. Ooh, interesting. Wicker Park is home to a little over 50,000 residents who have shaped the neighborhood to become a vibrant and diverse home. Purpose of Kennedy Rooftop is to highlight the culture and ambiance of Wicker Park. Here where North Avenue and Ashland meet, they have created an urban chic rooftop to celebrate the people and the city. The interior food and drink options are designed to accentuate the modern, trendy fabric of Wicker Park. While enjoying your favorite cocktail, you are able to take in the beautiful Chicago skyline. The rooftop prides itself on the panoramic views of the entire skyline. Cheers to Wicker Park's very own Kennedy's rooftop. So actually on the top of the Hyatt Hotel, it was actually super cool. Uh, because of COVID, and everyone be six feet apart and 25% spacing, whatever. Um, so it actually took a while to get a table, but it's totally awesome. Um, I don't know if you've, uh, like, from Wicker Park, looking at the city, it's absolutely incredible because there aren't a lot of high-rises for quite a few neighborhoods. So for up there, you can actually see a ton of the city. It's really cool. Uh, food wasn't the greatest of all time, but it was definitely pretty interesting. Uh, definitely until the end when my birthday party showed up and no one was six feet apart and there was like 90 people at the same table. But I digress. Uh, we actually split a bottle of Pinot Grigio and the pulled pork minis, which was barbecue pulled pork, served on Hawaiian slider buns, cheddar cheese, arugula, and apple slaw with sweet cherry peppers. Uh, definitely wasn't filling. They didn't have a lot of great things on the menu. We also got this cheese board that I don't even care to remember because it was so bad. But it is what it is. I think if it's a really cool uh, rooftop you want to check out, it's really spacious in Wicker Park. I definitely recommend it. Uh, probably a little bit more clubby in, later tonight. So if you want to go there a little bit earlier, I would definitely recommend stopping by. Our last stop is probably the most exciting that I've had during COVID. It is Nia. So a lot of people probably know Nia pretty well. It's situated right next to Girl and the Goat on Randolph, but actually went through a renovation about four weeks ago. I actually happened to have you having dinner at a group dinner party with the head chef of Nia. He tells me when we sat down for the first two of the dinner party, we didn't know each other, that he was actually opening a restaurant in 12 days, and it was day 11 for him. So he was opening this restaurant, reopening Nia, three days after I met him, which is super cool. Um, so it's actually still located right next to Girl and the Goat on Randolph and Halstead in uh, the West Loop, but it's a little bit different take. It is Asian-Terranian, and that means a mix between Asian and Mediterranean, kind of a fusion. Um, that means the chef can do whatever he wants. <laughs> But this place is hardcore. We went there with a group of eight, which is kind of the maximum you can actually go with during COVID, but we definitely made it worth our time. We sat down like, hey, what do we want to eat? Well, let's order all the appetizers and I'll share. So sit back, relax, and I'll walk you through the entire menu. First up, we have the Nam Plik Num, which is grilled Toshito peppers, jalapeno dip with fresh vegetable and fried pork rinds. 
We also had the barbecue pork skewers with kimchi and sweet chili sauce, the Thai sausage, which included northeastern Thai pork sausage with ginger, jalapenos, and cilantro, the gyuza, pork dumpling, chihuahua cheese, and spicy ponzu sauce. The mussels were there, sauteed in garlic butter, chili paste, oyster sauce, and basil, the yum yum swan, bean thread salad with yuzu dressing, onion, edamame, pickled chili, and mint, the chive dumplings, lightly fried garlic, chive dumplings with sweet chili sauce soy, the veggie coquettes with Japanese curry sauce and pickled ginger, the tuna poke, avocado, onion, spicy sesame soy with salmon, roe, rizani wasabi, and last but not least, the hamachi, marinated in sweet dashi soy with cabbage, arugula, and yuzu vinaigrette. And you think, oh man, everyone split this, everyone got a little bite of everything, you probably filled up already. Eh, wrong. Because there are so many of us who barely got to eat anything of everything, it was one little bite. It was almost like an amuse-bouche 14 times, but... <laughs> So when the entrees came out, and since we know both the workers and the head chef, we just got one of everything, which happened to be crab fried rice with egg, onions, pepper, and garlic butter, padsia, which is one of my favorites, with beef, stir-fried rice noodles with sweet soy, onion, Chinese broccoli, a pad thai, bean thread noodle and house tamarind sauce, egg tofu, chive bean sprouts, which I've actually heard since then has been improved which can't wait to try the new improvement. Anyways, back to it. Red curry noodle with panko fried cod, onion, tomato, and cod noodle. Duck noodle, braised duck breast, egg noodle, with bok choy, onion with duck fat broth. Kamansai, roast chicken thigh over garlic butter rice with ginger soy miso and sauce soup. Pork katsu with panko fried rice or Japanese curry gravy, carol potatoes. And black rice risotto with broiled eel, mushrooms, onions, parmesan cheese. Do not get the desserts, do not get the soups. That was enough for me. But I've also gone back since then, so this place is awesome. Um, it's actually really reasonable, especially in the West Loop. Uh, dinners, like appetizers are like 5 to $8, and the meals are 7 to $14. Um, and then they actually have happy hour from 5 to 7 p.m. for wine and drinks. So if you're in the West Loop and you don't want to wait in line for some fancy schmancy place or some hot new spot that everyone's trying to get into, definitely swing by India. This episode is sponsored by Bites Kitchen. The best of times are always shared at the table. Good food, good drinks, good stories, good friends. Wish I had any of those. <laughs> at Bites, they believe that good food is more than merely a part of survival. It is their passion. It has the power of transcend language, cultures, and ethnic backgrounds. Through food, they share their culture with new friends and old. They share a piece of who they are. And by coming together for meals, they trade good stories while creating new ones. At Bites, they want you to celebrate cultures from around the world. They've been inspired by Thailand, China, Japan, Korea, and more. They're also excited by the opportunity to continue creating new recipes. Food is always better when shared amongst friends, and that is how they shape their menu. With creative cocktails and a menu that is constantly evolving, a new story always awaits you at Bites. Show up, I guarantee you see me sitting with my Buddha in my hand. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Pod Directory, or SoundCloud. That way, you'll get our latest episodes sent right to your device when they come out every week. For reference, those are all linked up right in the show notes. While you're in there, feel free to leave us a review. If you do, all I can say is two words. Endless gratitude.
Writing reviews helps us understand how we can improve the podcast as we all continue along this fun adventure in fashion, fitness, and food. Thank you.